Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Today we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6. <clears throat> Prescribed duties for mankind. Chapter 2. Ajamil delivered by the Vishnu Dutas. Text number 5 and 6. Yasyanke shim adhaya Lokas vapitti nirvritaha Svayam dharmam adharamam va Nahi vedayata pasuhu Sakatam yar pitamanam. It's not there? No. Oh, okay. All right, we'll just chant the, it, these two verses here. Uh, yeah, turn your phone up. Hey, wait, wait a minute. We haven't, we, 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 relax. Oh, there's two verses. I was going on to the sixth verse, but it's not written up here. So we'll just stick to text number five, okay? Yasyanke siradhaya Lokasva pitini vritaha Svayam dharmam dharmam va Nahi veda yata pasuhu Yasyanke Shiradhaya Lokasva Pitini Britaha Svayam Dharmam Dharmamba Nahi Veda Yata Pasuhu Yasyanke Sorry Yasya, of whom, Anke, on the lap, Shira, the head, Adhaya, placing, Lokaha, the general mass of people, Swapiti, sleep, Nirpitaha, in peace, Swayam. Personally, dharamam, religious principles, or the goal of life, 
adharmam irreligious principles va or na not he indeed veda no yata exactly like pashu an animal saha such a person katam how nyarpita atmanam unto the living entity who has fully surrendered greater maitram endowed with good faith and friendship achetanam with undeveloped consciousness foolish vishrambani yaha deserving to be the object of faith bhutanam of the living entities sagrinaha who has a soft heart for the good of all uh, for the good of all people dogdam to give pain ahasi is able people in general are not very advanced in knowledge by which to discriminate between religion and irreligion the innocent unenlightened citizens is like an ignorant animal sleeping in peace with its head on the lap of its master faithfully believing in the master's protection if a leader is actually kind-hearted and deserves to be the object of a living entity's faith how can he punish or kill a foolish person who has fully surrendered in good faith and friendship purport the sanskrit word visvasta ghata refers to one who breaks faith or causes a breach of trust The mass of people should always feel security because of the government's protection. Therefore, how regrettable it is for the government itself to cause a breach of trust and put the citizens in difficulty for political reasons. We actually saw during the partition days in India that although Hindus and Muslims were living together peacefully, manipulation by politicians suddenly aroused feelings of hatred between them and thus the hindus and muslims killed one another over politics this is a sign of kali yuga in this age animals are kept nicely sheltered completely confident that their masters will protect them but unfortunately as soon as the animals are fat they are immediately sent for slaughter such cruelty is condemned by vaishnavas like the vishnu dutas indeed the hellish conditions already described 
await the sinful men responsible for such suffering. One who betrays the confidence of a living entity, who takes shelter of him in good faith, whether that living entity be a human being or an animal, is extremely sinful. Because such betrayals now go unpunished by the government, all of human society is terribly contaminated. The people of this age are therefore described as manda, sumanda, matayo, manda bhagya hi upadrutaha. As a consequence of such sinfulness, men are condemned, mandaha. Their intelligence is unclear, sumanda matayo. They are unfortunate, manda bhagya and therefore they are always disturbed by many problems, upadrutaha. This is their situation in this life and after death they are punished in hellish conditions. Hmm. <laughs> Om Gananjana Salakaya Chakchoram Militam Jena Tasmae Sri Guruve Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakada Mayam Dadati Swapadantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langayati Gurim Yatkripa Tamaham Bande Shri Gurum Dinatarinam mm. So, Prabhupada refers to here Visvastaghata one who breaks faith or causes a breach of trust not mentioned in the verse though hmm. Papa must be referring to another um, must be another reference, I guess. But this again underlines or illustrates the responsibilities of the leaders of society the Chatriyas, um, ideally. Chatriyas and the Brahmanas and the Vaishyas and the Sudras too. They're all, everybody has a, a, a leadership role and that leadership role is uh, demonstrated in each 
section of society obeying the laws of Dharma. But the laws of Dharma, religiosity. And for each section of society, there are certain prescriptions. Described in the Bhagavad Gita, the, 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 the actions of the Brahmanas, Chatriyas, Vaishyas and Sudras. Right? The, 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 the different limbs of the social body. And just as each of the limbs of our body serves the purpose of the whole body, so similarly the uh, chatras, chatriyas who are likened to the arms of the body to protect, the, they're supposed to protect the citizens of society, which as we were discussing the other day, includes all living entities, includes even the animals. They have a right to live, they have a right to be, or they have an expectation, just everybody has an expectation to be protected. And, and Prabhupada mentions here, the mass of people should always feel Security, because of the government's protection, uh, should always feel security, feel secure. You know, it's why we have a police force. It's why we have rules of the road, social contracts, so that people will feel safe. So when, the, when leadership betrays the citizens, right? breach of trust, breaks the faith, vishvastagata. Can somebody, I'm going to try and look that up. Let's have a look. <clears throat> just wonder where Prabhupada's quoting that from. Look up that word. We'll look up one word, see what we get. Visvasta. There we go. Now that's it. That's the only reference. Visvasta 
Hmm. Okay, very good. Not in a word for words. So I have to look it up in the Sanskrit dictionary. So this is, you know, the breach of faith, the loss of faith, the breach of trust. And the example of that is the, the, the slaughterhouses. The animals are being fed by the farmers. They're being provided shelter. And so the animals have trust that they'll be protected. Well, but then they're rounded up, stuck on a truck and sent to the sale yards, usually first, and then who? Off to the off to the butcher. So this is a huge shock for them. Huh? And the animals are crying, you know, when they go to these places and they realise what is happening. They're crying. And they don't like it. So they're suffering. They're, they're having this suffering inflicted upon them. And so there are consequences for that. You know, this is the, these are basic laws of karma. Simply understood. As you sow, so you shall reap, right? So if you're inflicting suffering on others, then you can expect a reaction. Right? This is pretty simple. So if you're killing animals, uh, you also can expect to be, to be, have your situation similarly disturbed. Right? I remember seeing the, um, the horses. They used to bring the police horses to the... I used to work in the Adelaide Zoo. Was it this? It was it the Adelaide Zoo that I got some affinity uh, for the animals. <laughs> well, some of the animals, <laughs> not all animals. Is it easy to develop a relationship with? You know, the crocodile, especially. <laughs> Hard to develop some affinity for the crocodile because he just. He would just lie there throughout most of winter, you know, just do nothing. But you could see he had his eyes open. And you always got the feeling that he was, he was looking at you as if you were a meal. <laughs> but, you know, they have lions, they have the big, the big cats, lions, tigers, panthers, big animals and they eat their meat eaters, right? So in order to look after the... Uh, and, and often they would have, they would receive um, 
animals that had expired that were deceased. But the, every now and again they would bring in the um, alive and the, they would then slaughter them and it was horrible. The, the animals were petrified. And of course, some of the, the some of the keepers got pleasure actually out of killing the animals. I said, it was horrible. Anyway, I, it was at, I was nineteen at the time, around about eighteen, nineteen, and um, I'd already decided I was going to be a vegetarian. But uh, that pretty much, I I could see the suffering. Of the animals, even the, the caged animals, they never like. They didn't like being kept in a cage, right? You could see it, especially the primates, the, the monkeys and the, the chimpanzees in particular. They didn't like. They suffered. You could see in their face and in their behaviour, and and in all of that, you could see the personality. You know, the, the, there was in there was a person there. Right? Spirit soul, effectively. So, you know, it's our responsibility to look after everything, everyone. That's, that's the mood of, a, of compassion. It's a mood of a Vaishnava. Why the Vaishnavas are offered respects? Because they're concerned about the welfare of everybody. They're like an ocean of mercy. They're compassionate and thoughtful and concerned about the welfare of everybody. Concerned about the sometimes at the expense of their own uh, well-being. They're concerned first and foremost about others and don't mind. Actually, get pleasure and satisfaction from working for the benefit of others, even if there's some minor inconvenience for themselves. But they'll, they'll accept minor inconvenience to to assist others. This is this is the soft-heartedness of a of a devotee. So that's why we patitanam pavanebhyo. They're they they're merciful to the fallen. Huh? Merciful to the fallen. <clears throat> no, to everybody actually, even those who are not fallen, they're merciful. And they're able to distinguish between dharma and adharma, first and foremost. Nana shastra vicharanaika nipano saddharma samstapako. So. 
they teach. They t teach these principles of Dharma and Ardharma. Also, this is the Yajan, Yajan, Patan, Patan. The, the, the duty of a Brahmana is to study the Shastra, perform sacrifice, engage, teach others, engage others in sacrifice, um, study the Vedas and teach. So study Dharma. We see this in the, the, the description of the Goswamis, the Shad Goswami Astakam. Nana Shastra Vichara Naika Nipano Saddharmas Samsta Pako. They studied the Shastra, and the purpose of studying the Shastra is to establish religious principles in society so the people know how to behave. If you don't know how to behave, you behave improperly, you perform vikarma, vikarmic activities, and we see that like the slaughterhouses. This is considered to be very inauspicious, vikarma. And for those who are engaged in the, the, this, these actions, they have to expect the reactions. And so as Prabhupada points out here, in, in modern society, everybody is upadrutaha, always disturbed, right? manda, slow, sumanda. How does he translate that? Sumanda. Uh, Unfortunate. Manda means lacking intelligence. Sumanda matayo, they're unfortunate. Manda bhagya, always. Oh no, sorry. Manda bhagya means uh, unfortunate. Yep. And upadrutaha, always disturbed by many problems. So they're suffering in this life and then of course in the next life have to take birth in a lower species to suffer. Which is what, you know, why sometimes we're not directly preaching to people, you know, serve Krishna, we're just encouraging them, you know, stop eating meat. <laughs> It'll, it'll affect the consciousness of society the more people that stop these base and gross attacks on the innocent effectively. That's what it is. And this cause of, of distress and shock and despair in the hearts of those living entities, that harassment basically... So the devotees teach basically dharma and ardharma. 
to encourage the citizens to engage in activities that will be for their, benef for their benefit in this lifetime and even in future lifetimes. Because much of the activities, many of the activities that are being performed in society today, people are just unknowing, just like here, the animals are described. What is it? Shira adhaya lokaha svapiti nirvritaha. And, and uh, Swayam Dharmam Adharmam Va Nahi Veda Yata Pashahu. They're, they're, they're unaware, like an animal sleeping in the lap of its master. And he wakes up, discovers that his throat's been cut. Urgh, what's going on? Right. So, just like those animals, the, the humans are like that too. Whereas the human form of life is meant to understand these principles. Dharma and ardharma are meant to be understood. And we even see that. Uh, Prabhupada talks about Vedic culture. You, you see it in the, the remnants of Vedic culture. We see it in India, where people know these principles, right? They know it. Inherently, they learn it from the from birth. They they learn these principles. So they you know they even when they're talking about food and they know there's a difference between one type of food in the mode of ignorance, even food in the mode of passion, and food in the mode of goodness. But people are always asking, you know, why can't you eat eggs? Well, why can't you eat mushrooms? Huh? Why don't you eat onions and garlic? It's vegetarian, right? Egg is not fertilised, so what's the problem? These are very common questions that you get all of the time. Why can't we do these things? Huh? It's not difficult to explain to people, at least my experience is, you tell them some foods are in the mode of goodness that elevates health, awareness, conscious awareness of our conscious identity. Rajasic or rajas, passionate food forces us to act in ways that are basically being pushed by desires for sense gratitude and gratification and tama or ignorance is just makes you dull. Right? Dull. Deadhead. And that's already what people are. Right? Manda, sumanda, matayo, they're dull. Dullards. Especially when it comes to dharma and adharma. And in the Bhagavad Gita, you know, all of this is very simply explained in the Bhagavad Gita when you think about it. Why can't I drink alcohol? Well, look, look what it does to you. <laughs> Just look what it does to you. You become more of a dope. Uh, why, can't I why can't I take drugs? Well, they don't call it dope for nothing. Because <laughs> look at how you're behaving. And these are simple things to explain to people. 
This is the duty of a brahmana, or the duty of a devotee, is to explain to people the principles of dharma and ardharma. Not very, it's not very difficult actually, it's fairly simple. Most people will accept these uh, uh, ideas, but they're not really ideas, they're facts. They're principles. That's why a devotee is merciful and is, is liked by everybody ultimately because they know that the devotee's engagements are for their benefit, even if they don't like it. Right? Uh, Prabhupada says, you give a, well, I think it's Chanakya, isn't it? Chanakya, Prabhupada quotes Chanakya and he says, if you give a fool good advice, what does he do? Becomes angry. Huh? Give a fool good advice, becomes angry because he doesn't want to hear what he knows inherently is good for him. Right? So even if a devotee from time to time might disturb people, and we're recommended not to, uh, our instruction of these principles is sometimes unspoken. Right? Unspoken. Better to be unspoken. And that means teaching by example. Right? Yadyada charati shrestas. The common people will follow the behaviour of, of somebody who's following religious principles. So, you know, people will get it disturbed if, if you tell them. So if we can't tell them, then just set the right example. That's, that's good too. That's, effect, that's powerful. That's very powerful. Uh, and everybody appreciate Mahajana Jaina Kata Sapanta. You know, the, the, the path of religiosity is displayed by the Mahajans, by the devotees. And that's honoured and recognised. So Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita that a devotee is loved by everybody because they're working for the benefit of everybody. Huh? And that's what the leaders of society are lacking, that, that example of shelter, of protection, of providing security for others. They say, we'll look after you, you know, we'll protect you, but then they're not, they don't fulfil their promise and that's a betrayal. And that, that, uh, that sense of betrayal upsets and disturbs everyone, everything. And, you know, there's no greater betrayal than that, than the slaughtering of animals, as Prabhupada points out here. And so, and, and that's why we find within, within human society, we find, distur you know, struggle, wars, why we get reactions because of the misbehaviour or the, the lack of awareness of dharma, religious principles and what's beneficial for us all. And people will engage in activities that are, that are the opposite, then we find upadrutaha, disturbance in society. 
whereas you know when the devotee when when people come into the association of the devotees and they discover peacefulness i mentioned this the other day too but that's just that's why example is so important that people come to the temple and they associate with the devotees and they say whoa this is very peaceful right so it's 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 demonst it's demonstrable and appreciable appreciable people can appreciate it where there's trust and protection there's security this is what people are looking for right people want security there have been songs written about it right I want security. <laughs> because with that comes peace. You know, people want peace. So, um, Yeah. Does anyone have any comments or questions? It's all pretty straightforward. There's a common theme running through this particular set of... Sibya. Sibya is a very merciful devotee. She's a book distributor. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. Thank you for the class. Um, my question is that you were talking about animal killing. Yeah. So when I say to my friends that you're killing and eating someone, they say that we're not killing anyone, we're just buying it from the supermarket and eating it. So what should I tell him? You should tell them that they should read the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> 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 but that might be a bit much. So there is a purport in um, second chapter, I think it is, one of the verses, can't remember the number, 15 maybe, something around, around there, where Prabhupada explains that uh, you know, sometimes there's a murder, right? And in a murder case, there are half a dozen people convicted, right? Go to court. And some of them may not actually have committed the murder. They didn't do it, but they are what's called an accessory after the fact, right? They helped to dispose of the body or they provided a false alibi for somebody, right? So they get punished too because they facilitated or they participated in the, 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 the crime. So the, the owner of the animal, the person who slaughters the animal, the person who transports it, you know, the person who sells it, the person who prepares it and the person who consumes, right? I think that's about it. We've got pretty much everybody covered. Right? They're all like 
uh, accessories or parties to the to the to the um, to the act. So they all uh, have, to one degree or another, complicity. Right? They're all involved. Right? And so therefore, because of their involvement, they get some, uh, they, they, they're awarded some portion of the karma, of the reaction. Right? So you can tell them that the because there's bad karma, I don't think you can explain it any more gently than that. It's it's we're causing the suffering of somebody else and because we're participating in that even if it's remotely we still have to suffer the consequences what do you reckon is that okay is that too much no? yeah you can tell them in a quiet time take your time no? Explaining these things to people requires them to be a little bit submissive, a little bit, a bit, they have to hear it, right? So that's also another, you know, we see the, the, the preachers with the Bible standing in Burke Street, well, we used to, I don't know if they're still there these days. You know, we'd go on hurry and harm, and the, the, Preachers of the Bible would stand there and they'd wave the Bible at us and tell, tell us we're all going to hell. You're all going to hell. Yeah. And we're saying, we're all chanting Hare Krishna, we're happy to go to hell. <laughs> we'll chant Hare Krishna in hell. Yeah, and we don't listen to them. Who listens to them? Nobody. So, you know, there's time, place and circumstance. Bhagavad Gita explains a lot of these things, especially 17th chapter, the divisions of faith. You know, there's, and the austerity, there's austerities of the body, um, austerity of speech, and the austerity of thought. Right. So the austerity of speech is to speak words that are pleasing to others. But sometimes we have to, to but to speak the truth. Sometimes we have to, well, all of the time it's recommended that a devotee, uh, anybody, should speak the truth. But, you know, that doesn't mean we're rude to people. Uh, speak the truth. That also means speaking uh, words that are not agitating or disturbing. So you have to wait for the opportune moment to explain some of these principles to others. And some circumstances or some situations are not conducive to that delivery of information. So we have to choose our, choose the uh, opportunities carefully and, and make sure that the hearer is going to be receptive 
otherwise you're a waste of time. Right? And so in the 17th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, it's mentioned how charity should be given uh, at the right time in the right place to the right person. Right? Same with giving knowledge or information. It should be given at the appropriate time so that its delivery is effective. So that the delivery is effective. Right? So, yeah. Is that okay, Zibia? Good luck. Vishnu Priya. In regards to that, I used to tell my children to tell their friends, well, if they had a pet, just because you know the pet, you wouldn't eat the pet. So just because you don't know the animal, we don't, you know, you would um, respect the animal. Yeah. So, you know, it's... I think I got my point across. Yes. Yeah. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Uh, last few sessions, I mean, the focus is more around the leadership or the quality of the leader. And this is a conversation going between Vishnu Dutas and Yamadutas. Mm. So, what is the link? Why are they focusing on the leadership and the leadership qualities? What is the context? That's the question. Well, um, the Yamadutas have witnessed Ajamyo and his sinful life. And so his, the expectation is that he should be suffering, he should be punished. Right? But the Vishnu Dutas are challenging the, the Yamadutas, they're saying no. He's purified from those reactions by the chanting of the holy name. And so the Yamadutas haven't experienced this um, situation before. So there's a debate as to what should happen to Ajamil. Well, he should be punished ordinarily according to his the previous activities that he's performed, he should suffer. And uh, of course this is all because in the previous canto we were looking at the destinations of those who perform sinful activities. And now we're getting a, a um, juxtaposition, a contrast or comparison and a contrast of the behaviour of a sinful man, a jamil, and then the fact that he would, but that he was a brahmana in his previous, in his youth, who was inadvertently influenced by bad association and became um, um, lax in his Brahminical practice and, and 
became habituated to sinful activities and so therefore he should be suffering. But he's not suffering. So the, the Vishnu Dudas and the Yama Dudas are having a debate as to what's going on here. Why aren't we following religious principles? But what is being illustrated is that you know, sometimes we get this, we get this, we get uh, devotees who are vegetarian and they've been vegetarian for birth, from birth, right? And then they see the, the white devotees, the white people, they say, oh, oh no, this person's not, they, they weren't a vegetarian from birth like me. Huh? had to deal with an issue this week. <clears throat> They're fallen. Huh? They're fallen. Well, yes, they were fallen, but now they're chanting Hare Krishna. Right? Now they're chanting Hare Krishna, so they're not fallen. And we shouldn't look at them because of their fallen. So the Amadudas are looking at Ajami, fallen, he was fallen. But turn that down, please. Uh, Roger, thanks. But no, he's chanting Hare Krishna. Ah, a Vaishnava. Right? This is very important for the Krishna consciousness movement, actually. If we, if we have this sense of superiority, oh, I've been a vegetarian all my life, and you haven't, you're a fallen rascal, that can be problematic. Right? Because, and, and Prabhupada of quotes, uh, I can't remember the verse, Prabhavishnave Namaha, the power of Lord Vishnu and his holy name, and the, the power to purify and to, uh, to, to reinstate a person who might have been in a fallen condition, but because of his chanting of Hare Krishna, chanting the holy name, He's now elevated to the platform of a Vaishnava, should never be disrespected, right? So this is being illustrated, especially here in this pastime, because Ajamil, ordinarily, by, the, by dint of his behaviour, should have been punished. But because he was chanting, right? And some people, you know, especially in Vedic culture, there's this, there's this, some, there's attachment to ritual, or to learning, right? And the chanting of Hare Krishna is so simple. It's, it's too simple. Well, all you have to do is chant. What about, you know, I've been reciting the Vedas all of my life, or I've been a vegetarian all of my life, or whatever it is that's been done, right? And so therefore the chanting of Hare Krishna, it's, it's potent, it's so simple, yeah, people think, oh, I can't, can't, that can't be right. But it is right. And so that's why this story is being taught in the Bhagavatam, is to illustrate the potency, the power of Lord Vishnu and his name. And its, it's, and its capability to elevate even the most sinful to the platform of a, of a Vaishnava. Right? So that's what's really being taught here. Um, 
And, and you can see that in Srila Prabhupada's life and his, te his teachings and his life and his dedication to just distributing the holy name, which is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's. That's, that's Mahaprabhu's yeah, mission. Give the holy name to everybody because it can uplift the most fallen. What? Um, what is it? Um, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Doya Koramori Patita Pavana Whatever. Yeah, Tava Avatar. Your avatar is to deliver the most fallen. Yes, thank you. We don't sing that song very often here, but uh, yes. 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 And the translation? There is nobody as merciful as you. Yeah, that's right, and we see it. Lord Chaitanya's Mahavadanyaya, the, the most magnanimous, right? And how is he mo the most magnanimous? He's giving the holy name to everybody. That's why we go out and chant. We're giving people the Maha Mantra. What's that? Yes, that's right. And, and people know it. Like I was saying the other day, you know, you go on Harinam and people just start smiling, right? They know. They feel it. They feel ben the benefit. They start they, they become happy. Everybody becomes happy. So does that make sense? Yeah. That's, that's what's happening. So we have to remind the devotees sometimes who've been vegetarian all their lives and poo-poo the white devotees, you know. Well, you have to remember this temple was built by white devotees. <laughs> wouldn't be here. <laughs> we pure vegetarians wouldn't be able to enjoy the benefit of worshipping Radha Balabha if it wasn't for those impure white devotees. Of this animal, killing so of what? killing of uh, killing of animal, killing of. Yes, yes. So, your devotees also we should also join in this movement, isn't it? Maybe, maybe not. We already have our own movement, okay. and we want them to join us because then automatically people will become non-violent. But because they're non-violent, that doesn't mean we should join them because they may not be devotees. Right. Yeah, we've got to be careful about. We may go to demonstrations to, you know, take advantage of a big crowd, but that doesn't mean that we're there to protest. And in fact, actually, you know, we should be a little discriminating. There are some protests we probably don't want to be associated with, and so better not to go. Go somewhere else. You know, we don't want to be seen to be this or that or the other thing. We're the Hare Krishnas. We do our thing. 
And what is it? Sangat Sanjayate Karma. You know, the people that you associate with, you become like them also. So we have to we have to be a little bit discriminating. Vineet. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Thank you very much for the clause. I would like to know about uh, the three modes of nature, it's Rajas, Tamas and Sattvic. Yes. As uh, Bhagavad Gita says that human beings are all the time under these three modes of nature. Well, yes, four actually in one sense, because there's Sudhashat, but there's pure goodness also. So there's a, there are, but yes, that's right. Yeah, so when one identifies that uh, uh, one has this or that mode of nature, how one can alleviate from from one nature to the other? And is it possible to have pure goodness in this age of darkness? Yes, yeah, good question. Um, Well, the the 16th chapter, 16th chapter? What's the major? 14th chapter, 14th 14th is the modes of mature nature, so you can read that because it describes the qualities of each. You can also find it repeated again even in the 18th chapter, 17th chapter, there are descriptions of how the modes of mature nature influence different uh, um, circumstances and different individuals. And how the modes of material nature manifest because it's not just pure sattva, pure rajas, pure tamas. It's a mixture, very often. So what you'll discover is in yourself, you'll discover odd things. (laughs) You'll discover somewhere there's some goodness, but then somewhere there's some passion and somewhere there's some ignorance. It's rare to find somebody who's purely tamasic or purely rajasic or purely... Although maybe not so difficult to find purely tamasic (laughs) in this day and age. There are some people that pretty fit in that category. But Bhagavad Gita, 14th chapter, 17th chapter, 18th in the beginning, 18th chapter, You'll, you'll find now how to elevate. Well, pretty much that's the that's the whole message of the Bhagavad Gita. Is you know by the performance of bhakti and the the rules of sadhana, you know our practice effectively, right, one can gradually elevate from the lower modes to a mode of goodness and above. Right. So it means eating properly. Sleeping, Yuktahari Viharasya, even sixth chapter, which I'm teaching at the moment. Yuktahari Viharasya, Yukta Karma Sachetasu, Yukta Swapnavavodasya, Yoga Bhavadi Dukkaha. So, principles of yoga, right? Regulated eating and sleeping, regulated work and recreation. Um, 
one can gradually elevate. It's, it's by managing your, your habits, I suppose. Developing good habits. You can gradually be elevated to a, 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 up to more to goodness. But the Maya is like so powerful, as you mentioned, that uh, the steps you just mentioned, that these are the ways one can elevate. But for that, in order to, to have that uh, uh, regularity, discipline, mm. somebody, because at, in ancient times, uh, people used to go to Gurukul to get uh, proper knowledge, qualifications, how to be at the best possible state. Yes. But nowadays, uh, nobody teaches. Uh, no, but that's not true. If you're coming here, you're hearing a Bhagavatam, you're learning. This is what this institution's created for. Hmm. The Hare Krishna temples, the Is ISKCON, is an institution that's purpose is to teach these principles. So there is a place. It's called the Hare Krishna temple. Right? And that's why we're here. We're here to learn how to elevate from Tamas, Rajas, to Sattva, to Sudha-Sattva. So there is a place. And we're in it right now. Also, I read the Bhagavad Gita. It says even the Sattas, Sattvic uh, Guna also mm. uh, creates bondage. bondage. Yes, yes. But that's what, so that's why we're looking at Sudha-Sattva. Sudha-Sattva. Yes. And or devotional activities, because even in the even in devotional activities, rajas may be engaged, right? So we see that Arjuna is fighting on the battlefield, right? But because of service to Krishna, it's not actually rajas; it's service, right? So each one of us has a mixture of modes, right? But we can take that mixture. And by engaging it in devotional service for Krishna, for the spiritual master's pleasure, or for the pleasure of the devotees, or for the service of the deity, for preaching, whatever, we can take whatever qualities a, a man or a woman has, and they can be then engaged in, in devotional service. And by that service, even though Externally, we might say, oh, rajasic or tamasic or sattvic or whatever. Actually, it's not. And so this requires a, a quite a bit of transcendental vision because to see the pot washer as a transcendentalist requires a pure vision of the action in connection with Krishna and its spiritual potency. Right? Rather than the, 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 the material activity. Right. Or we see the activities of the devotees. They're doing business, they're making money, they're haggling and bargaining. You know, so we might say, oh, this is, this is a bit Raja Tama. Right? But it's not, because what does that devotee do? He gets his money. And he uses it to maintain his family. They're all devotees, so they're all doing devotional service. And he's also supporting the, the preaching. Right? So those activities might appear to be like, the, like everybody else. Right? 
But what's important is intent, right? The reason why they do it and the context. You know, the environment in which they're performing those activities so that you see that actually, even though he looks like just a mundane man, he's not because everything that he does is meant for the pleasure of Krishna and his devotees. Right? So the, it's different. It's actually not a material activity, even though it appears to be under the modes of material nature. It appears like that. Right? So the, the, the um, vision of a devotee is such that he sees the individual, but then he's able to take whatever skills or talents that person has and use it in a way that is conducive or developmental of that person's spiritual practice and spiritual identity. So it's why a devotee, you know, Prabhupada gave, gave the example of, you know, Prabhupada was told about this yogi who whenever he was given money, he would reject it. His hand would turn away. So Prabhupada said, you can take a picture of me and whenever somebody's giving me money, I'll be, taking, I'll be keeping it. <laughs> now why, does that mean that Prabhupada was just interested in money? No. But he knew that money could be used in Krishna's service. Right? So let's take the money, let's take the skills, let's take the talents of everybody appropriately. You know, there are some things that people are good at doing, we just have to reject it because it's not conducive to spiritual life. But we look at the, the talents that a person has and we say, okay, what do you do? All right, do that for Krishna. And of course, in the process, we encourage them, get up early in the morning, do your puja, chant Hare Krishna, worship Krishna and you know the previous acharyas. Um, there's a whole lot more that comes with it, right? Chan Hari Krishna, effectively, that's what we say there. What's our solution for everyone? What's our solution for everyone, Mahatmaji? Hare Krishna Mantra. Chan Hari Krishna. If you've got a problem, Chan Hari Krishna. <laughs> right? This is the, we have one size fits all problem solving. <laughs> but of course it's the details that count. Because each one of us, you, all of us, we all have a different personality. We all have different skills and talents and different propensities to act. So we discard the things that are really useless. But we encourage an individual in the things that they're good at, do that and do it in such a way, you know, because most of us can't, not, not most, I'd say all of us here, can't sit down and just chant Hare Krishna all day long. Right? You get, we've got ants in our pants. Right? We've got to get up and do something. And Prabhupada recognised that. And so therefore created so many engagements for us that are spiritually beneficial but engage those skills and talents that each person has. So, um, you know, this 
bringing everybody to the mode of goodness. Mm, that may not be possible, but that's not necessary. It's take the talents that a person's got, use them. But at the same time also, rise early. This is goodness. Right? Rise early is goodness. Worship the spiritual master. That's goodness. Chant Hare Krishna. That's goodness. Study the, hear the Shastra, like we're doing now. This is the mode of goodness. Right? So there's a lot of what we do is sattvic. But at the same time, we take whatever there is and use that. And then it, it, it's, it's then converted, not, it's converted from material energy to actually to spiritual energy because it's connected to Krishna. That's the idea. So, you know, it's not that all of us, well, we, we, we won't, you know, we'll be fully elevated to the platform of a brahmana. Mm -mm. But, because whatever we do, we do it for Krishna, then it becomes purified, in any case. Does that make sense? Thank you, Prabhuji. Okay. Can I ask one more question, please? He's pretty intense, this guy, isn't he? Even he's yeah. It's okay, though. Thank you. Thank you, Prabhuji. Yeah. Uh, as it says in Bhagavad Gita that uh, when Shri Krishna was uh, uh, having a conversation with Arjuna at the battlefield, mm -hmm. that uh, one should act according to its according to its mode of nature. For example, right. Arjuna yeah. was a Kshatriya yeah. and he felt like, in, at, a mo at one moment he felt like, mm. uh, I should just leave because I don't want to kill my relatives. Yes. Yeah. So, like, what's the message for all of us? Like, let's say we all have uh, different uh, uh, qualities of nature mm. and if one tries to uh, change that quality, Let's say if somebody has like Ratsik uh, or uh, like, for example, anything. If somebody is changing that, is it, would Where's it be... Your masks, gentlemen? Would it be opposite to their nature? And how is, how one can uh, uh, feel like it's, it's uh, helping them to alleviate, elevate? It, generally speaking, we need a guide, right? So it's it's so that we can ascertain what is the appropriate utilization of a person's character, and you know what elements of a person's character uh, have to be modified or or to be uh, you know uh, adjusted or even rejected, right? So, you know, meat-eating, gambling, taking intoxication, illicit sex, these things we, we avoid, right? We reject those things. But um, what skills and talents of an individual need to be encouraged or engaged, that requires a little bit of analysis and, and a, a depth of perception in the nature of the individual, right? It's, indiv it's unique for everybody. Right? So, um, 
that's why we associate with the devotees and we seek out senior association um, of those who can help us work out what we should be doing, in, you know, what I should do. So we, we and, and you know, so, and in, in part we need to work it out ourselves as well. It's not that we should always rely on somebody else to tell us what to do, you know. But we get the basic gist of the direction we should be going in and then we pursue those activities that are conducive to cultivating our spiritual life. And we do that with the advice of our of those who are in a position to give us good guidance. Well, Siksha. Yeah, so find someone who you're secure and comfortable with who can give you good advice as to how you should practice your spiritual life. That's what's recommended. So you can work it out yourself. Ultimately, you've got to nut it out yourself. But of course we do, it's like, you know, um, <coughs> have you heard of a gentleman called Paul Keating? You probably haven't. Unless you've lived in Australia for quite some time, you might not have heard of Paul Keating. Paul Keating was um, the Prime Minister of Australia after Bob Hawke, who was also a famous Australian politician. But Paul Keating was striking. Paul Keating didn't have a university, didn't have a tertiary education, right? He didn't. But what did he do? Why was he so smart? Or how did he become so smart? And why was he so, uh, what's the word? He was, he was a really good treasurer and he was a good prime minister too. So um, what did he do? What Paul Keating did was he identified people who were experts in their field and in the field that he wanted to pursue, and then he went and associated with those people and asked questions, picked their brains. Right? Very interesting character. Uh, he grew up in a family of politicians. That also helped. <laughs> he had the sangha, you know. He had the sangha, right? But this, is, but it's interesting. What did he do? He went to other senior politicians. Didn't matter what side of politics. But he, and then he would talk to them. He made friends with them and he would ask questions. And then take their, you know, their advice. Right? So this is what we do in, in spiritual life. We seek out the association of those who are more advanced. And we take their advice and follow it. And this is described in the Bhagavad Gita, tadviti pranipatena, pariprasnena, right? Question. Uh, with pranipat, with respect. And then once you've got the orders, then what? Sevaya. Do it. Act. Act on it. You know, you're going to be a pretty boring disciple if your guru tells you to do something and you just ignore it. After a while, the guru's just going to say, oh, this guy's a waste of time. Well, you might not say that, but probably think it. 
you have to be patient instructing people sometimes because you give them good advice. And well, there's a couple of there's a couple of reactions. They get angry, or they just ignore you. I know sometimes I've told this story before many times. Devotees come up to my office and they say, "No, oh, Prabhuji, how can I serve you?" Huh? And then I say, "Well, what are you good at?" And they say, "This, that, and the other thing." And I say, "Well, how about do this?" And that's the last I see of them. <laughs> maybe I'm not qualified to instruct them. That's, that may be also part of the problem. All right, I think we should finish here. Thank Is you, Prabhu. Is that Prabhu. okay, Vinay? Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhu. Yeah, Prabhu. 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 Prabh